0: Everybody. I'm Clay Breeze, and it's showtime here in Birch County once again on this beautiful global warming Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 1180 W F Y L for our show The Watchmen, folks. We're back with it today, back in action. And uh, basically, folks, we're going to bring it to you at the speed of sound. I, I would tell you, fasten your seatbelts, but many of you don't have seatbelts. So I would tell you to just get a good hold as to what's going on right now. But I would, folks, I would submit to you all, this is going to be a great show, so let's jump right into it. You know, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about the great, the great China-American abyss and what happens if the American government targeted Chinese industries by dubbing competing American export products below the cost of production to bankrupt Chinese competitors and corner their markets. What would happen if that happened? You know, what would the communist Chinese government do if a substantial American spy balloon lazily traversed continental China, sending back to the US photographic surveillance of Chinese military bases and installation? I wonder what would happen. Yeah. And how would how would China react to American stonewalling any explanations such as, you know, much less refusing to apologize for such a an American attack on Chinese sovereignty? How would that? I would that go down? Envision a U.S. high security virology lab in Wuhan, run by the ped by, run by the Pentagon, allowing the escape of an engineered gain of function virus like COVID. Think about that, folks. Envision that. Instead of enlisting a world, uh, a world co- co- instead of enlisting world cooperation to stop the spread of the virus, the American government would lie that it's sprung up from a local bat or wild possum. You know, Washington would then make all of its relevant military scientists disappear who were assigned to to the lab while ordering a complete media blackout. Think about that. America would then forbid Chinese scientists from contacting their American counterparts involved in the lab despite the deaths of more than one million Chinese from the American manufactured disease. And what if the first days of this pandemic, Washington had quietly prevented all foreign travel to the U.S. while keeping open one-way direct flights from America to, say, Shanghai, or Peking, or as they say, Beijing. Think about that. What would happen if they the all the market on PPEs? What would happen then if America courted all the market on PPEs right after they did this as well? And, And how would Beijing respond if American biotech company warehouses were discovered in rural China with unsecured vials of deadly viruses and pathogens? You know, you think China would be angered that an American company never notified that it had left abandoned COVID and HIV viruses and malaria parasites in its facilities. You think they'd be upset about that? Along with rotting, genetically engineered dead rats littering the floors with hundreds more lab animals abandoned in laboratory cages? What do you think? What do you think, folks? What would would GZ Payton have to say uh, if American-made fentanyl was shipped in massive quantities to nearby Tibet? on the Chinese border. What would he say? And what if what if it were deliberately repackaged there as uh, as deceptive recreational drugs and smuggled into China, where it annually killed 100,000 Chinese youth year after year? I wonder how Xi Jinping, I wonder how he would respond to that. I would be upset. What if 10,000 Americans this year illegally crossed the Indian border into China and disappeared into its interior think about that you know what Americans are you know you know pouring over the border into China 10,000 Americans pour over the border into China what if a uh, what if an allied asian nation such as south korea japan or taiwan what if they went nuclear and what if north korea north korea style if you will uh and you know, what, what, if in, what if in their typical North Korean style, it, that it, 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 serially, it serially blustered to one of its nuclear missiles into the major cities of China? What if that happened? What if, what if almost monthly, China discovered an American military operative teaching incognito, of course, at a major Chinese university or among the ranks of the Chinese People's Liberation Army? What, what if that was to be occurring? Would China object if an American fen fatal agent was sleeping with high-ranking Chinese officials and Chinese communist olive people, would they be upset about that? I mean, what do you think China would, would, what do you think they would do to that high-ranking official? What if, you know, would, would they send him off to the gulag or something? What if one of the chauffeurs of its top-ranking Chinese officials was, was a nearly two-decade-long American Asian? Well, how would they respond to that? And what would be the Chinese reaction if there were 350,000 American students attending schools all over the Chinese nation? What would be their reaction to that? With perhaps 10, with, with perhaps 1% of them actively engaged in national security espionage on behalf of the U.S.? I wonder how the Chinese would react to that if 1% of all their students that were uh, you know, if one percent of all American students that were attending Chinese schools in China, if one percent of them were were actively engaged in national security espionage, I wonder how Xi Jinping would go after that. You know, folks, these what ifs could be expanded endlessly, but but honestly, folks, they they, re, they reflect well enough the great the the great bizarre relationship, the Chinese American relationship. You know. The asymmetry of it all. Obviously, China would not tolerate America treating it as Americans tolerate China treating it. I mean, that's the reality. So, you know, so w- why does this imbalance and tolerance occur? Why, why does this occur? Do naive Americans believe that the more China indulged, the more it will respond in kind to of American, uh, you know, to 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 our to our, uh, you know, our handling of them? Does the U.S. believe that the more China is exposed to our supposed radically democratic and free culture, the sooner will become an excellent democratic citizen of the global community? Do we believe that is actually going to happen? Are we afraid of China because it has four times our population and believes its economy and military will overtake ours in decades? Are, Are we afraid of that? Are we afraid and terrified that the Chinese government is entirely amoral? Utterly ruthless, incapable of anything. Are are we really terrified of that, or do we see do we see that for the reality that it is? Think about it. The Chinese government escorted their former leader, their former president, right off the stage in front of all the Chinese, while well, their their bureau, whatever their government lineup, right on camera. They took that guy right off the stage and escorted him off to some prison camp, someplace. He went right past Ji Peng, and he was pleading with Ji. Ping as he went past him. They went and they arrested the guy. You know, this is what happens, and we should be terrified of that. But you see, our political and cultural and corporate elites are so compromised by their lucrative Chinese investments and joint ventures that they prioritize profits of their own national security and self-interest. I, I'm amazed at that. That's what we see here. Our political, our political people, our political entities, if you will, our bureaucrats is just compromised by their investments in China. Mm. You know, and, and, and the Biden pride family, okay, including all Biden himself, in the past they either received millions of dollars from Chinese energy investment interests. we know that happened. And, and Hunter Biden's quid pro quo decade of grifting, okay, results in millions in Chinese money filling the, the old Biden family, crime family coffers, all in exchange for the, the current Biden that passed the Obama administration going soft on Chinese aggression. You know, no one seems able to, to explain the, the otherwise inexplainable, okay? And, and, and you know, one way to get along with China and to regain its respect is to deal with China precisely the way it deals with the U.S. And that's the truth, Okay. Anything less, and anything less in America will continually be treated with even more Chinese contempt because that's what's happening, and eventually extreme violence. You know, folks, this is what we're looking at right now, and I want to make sure we we understand what we're up against. The compromise right now that you see is real, okay, and what I explained that was occurring with China versus the U.S. is real, okay. I mean, think about it, okay? I mean, China would never tolerate, okay? They would never tolerate America dumping, you know, I mean, they would they would just never tolerate, okay, uh, the American government targeting their industries by dumping competing American export products below the cost of production. They wouldn't tolerate that. And the Chinese would never tolerate, okay, an American spy balloon going over, going over their country, sending back to the U.S., photographic surveillance of, of the military bases and installations and we never tolerate that china would never tolerate okay american stonewalling of any explanation much less refusing to apologize for the american attack on chinese sovereignty they wouldn't tolerate that china would say ah, uh-huh. and they certainly wouldn't tolerate what happened in in Wuhan. they would not tolerate this and i believe that was a biological war anyway that was their attacking their country the world biologically they wouldn't tolerate the corny of the market on PPEs, okay? They wouldn't tolerate the dishonesty to the world, okay, to try to get enlist the world's cooperation to stop the spread of the virus, okay? Um, and they certainly wouldn't lie about its origin, okay? You know, it's just an amazing thing, and I, I just think it's just it's just compelling, okay, that you look at all of this and you realize, oh my goodness, this is what's going on. And look at what's going on with the border, okay? And this is what's really compelling in all of this as well, okay? The the three or four thousand actively engaged Chinese nationals coming over, uh, engaged in national security espionage. I mean, this is what's going on right now. We're tolerating it. We have an open border, and we've got thousands and thousands, okay, of, of of Chinese students coming over the border, okay. Uh, engaged in national security espionage. I mean, this is what it is. Uh, attending, I should say attending schools. But, you know, some of them are people over the border, too. But attending schools, we got almost a half a million Chinese students in our schools, and about 10% of them, I should say about 1% of them, are engaged in national security espionage. And again, the, uh, China would never tolerate it. They wouldn't do it. But we tolerate it. And we have to ask, why are we tolerating it? Well, it's because we have a president that's likely compromised in China. This is it. This is what happens when they buy imports, okay? And you have to wonder why they tolerate certain things, and this is why they tolerate it. I also think that there's a whole lot of money invested in China. I mean, lots of money and industries are invested in China, and they have an investment in our relationship with China being an open relationship. So they're going to tolerate things. As, as I said they're going to tolerate things because they they want to make sure they don't have a problem going into the end okay they, they want to make sure of that you know they, they know okay that you know they, they're just not going to tolerate in and the, and the bottom the bottom line is there are our, our political culture if you will okay our bureaucrats and yes even some corporate cor, corporate elites they they have been compromised okay? They have lucrative investments and in joint ventures and they prioritize those privates over their own country's national security and country's best interest. America first does not appeal to these people. You know, what is this election about? America first is about fighting that. I mean, literally you're, you're, you're going after that, that cult, corrupt culture that, that, that prioritizes their profits over the national, over our nation's security. Okay. And, and you know, Trump, leads in the polls i mean right now trump is likely not he's not going to be in the next week's debate he won't be in it okay he's already saying he won't be in it he he has a nearly 50 point lead nationally and they know that and uh they don't want to uh they just don't want to uh they don't i mean he doesn't need to be on the stage okay but i mean you know i i think he's he's going to sit down with tucker carlson that's what he's going to do he's already going to talk about that he's going to sit down and lure the debate so he's gonna skip the first debate. You're gonna sit down with Tucker Carlson and uh, basically um, he's gonna just chat with him, okay? And I, I just think it's interesting because the uh, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum are gonna do the debate. So Fox News puts it out there. We're gonna put like, you know, people that are gonna be fair in a debate up there. Uh, but I mean, he's just not gonna have any part of it. And he's just gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna ch- I'll chat with Tucker Carlson. I'll let Tucker Carlson ask me questions. You know, and I just think that the timing of his interview with Carlson remains unclear. But if it goes ahead as currently planned, the debate night counter programming will serve as an act of open hostility, which I think some are calling this. I think it's really interesting because he's you know, you got this debate in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, and again, uh, they're 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 looking at it, they're saying, Okay, well, he's gonna be on Tucker Carlson that night. And what's really interesting is he'll Tucker Carlson will be streaming, it's gonna be very very interesting. To see how many people watch Trump on like Tucker Carlson and how many people watch the debate, but you know it's it's amazing as people are asking whether or not they'll be uh, they'll be he'll be doing any debates. Okay, and I just think that Trump is saying, okay, well we'll see. Okay, we'll see. I mean, my poll numbers, uh, my 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 is you know Trump's poll numbers over a really good field of Republican candidates is extraordinarily high. I mean, Trump's leading the runner up. The runner-up, whoever that may be, by more than fifty points. Reagan didn't do that; neither did others. And people know Trump's record, and the, you know he's got the best record ever. They know that. So why should Trump debate? I mean, Trump says he, you know—Trump. Trump basically is claiming that he is the man to make America great again, and everyone sees it. I mean, Americans are asking whether or not he'll be doing debate, and I'm telling you, folks, I don't know if he will be. I think he's going to make it a point to be on Tucker Carlson or some other show, and they'll be taking live call-ins or something. They'll be doing all kinds of things. Okay, but, um, I mean, you know, Trump basically stated that he hasn't totally made a decision. He likes to the debates. He might be at the debates. Uh, he might have won against Hillary with the debates, and that he might have gotten the nomination because of the debates. Trump basically uh, said when he was asked if if uh, he made up his mind about attending, but he, he answered it that way. He just kind of answered it with with some vague ambiguity. He just doesn't, he's not clear about it. You know, but when you're leading by fifty or sixty points against anybody else, I mean, what it's kind of it, it doesn't make. He does nothing to gain by it, and that's the truth of it. I mean, he's not just leading in the polls by ten or twenty points. He's gaining. He leads by 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 a bunch more. He he has a majority. He leads by. He has a, he has a majority of Republicans that are voting for Trump. I mean you got Trump with about 60 percent of the Republican party saying I'm voting for him and he had the other 40 percent looking at the other candidates uh, but in all honesty uh, it's a it's it's a it's a decided issue already every time there's a new indictment Trump's favorables pick up again. It's just an amazing thing. you know Reagan didn't do it I mean nobody had that kind of ability to do that. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you might be, you might have a few debates, okay? I mean, yeah, I don't know, but, but when you look at the polls and you see that you're at 75% or 65% and you have many of these people at 2 3%, it's just, it's just crazy for them to think of anything else. And that's where I'm at with it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of amazed. I'm happy to see it. I think that Trump is uh, going to do very well. I think that he's, uh, I think they're looking forward to uh, I think Trump is looking forward to uh, to, uh to talk the Tucker Carlson debate. I'm looking forward to hearing Trump. Um like I said, he leads the candidates. He has sixty percent of the vote um in introspective, in- interactive polling, okay. I think Trafalgar had him up uh Tra- Trafalgar had him at fifty percent. Okay. Trafalgar's got him at fifty percent. Everybody else at ten or nine, eight, seven, six, five, one, less one. Okay. I mean you got people in there uh that have no favorables at all. I mean Nikki Haley's got three, according to Trafalgar. Chris Christie's got nine. Uh Vivek uh Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, I, I like him. Okay. He's got ten and a half percent. Of course I like DeSantis, he's got ten and a half percent. But I love Trump. And Trump's got fifty percent, even even in Trafalgar polling. Trump Trump is solid. I mean I, there's no reason. And there's no reason for him to go anywhere else. I mean, there really isn't. And, uh, I mean, you know, you've got the, uh, you know, I think this, that Congressman Scott, Tim Scott, I think Tim Scott came in with 8%. They just have no ability to overtake him. That's the truth of it. And uh, it's compelling. Like I said, like I stated before, it is compelling. Um, but even in the geo, in the Iowa caucus, Trump has got 40% of the vote. And uh, everybody else, you got 16% and 12%, and then you got Nikki Haley at four, Pence at four. I mean, it goes on and on. But I look at these polling, I mean, he's got to win this handily, and he knows it. He knows it, and they love him, and, and, and that's just all there is to it. So Americans see what's going on right now in the media. They see what's going on right now around the world, and they're very concerned. They see mediocrity on full display and they remember what meritocracies looked like and i'm going to illustrate what i brought up on the last show for the last few minutes here the chicago fire the great chicago fire back in 1871 burned about the same amount of acreage okay in in one day as these hawaiian fires burned in 2023 the difference is it's not the acreage the difference is how long the fires burned the fact is the the very competent city government in Chicago and the city uh, apparatus, if you will, and putting out fires with or drawn carriages uh, were, were, were effective enough in putting a fire on 24 hours. But with all modern-day technology on the island of Oahu, a fire burned for over 10 days in Hawaii. Now, think about that, folks. Think about that fact. Think about the fact that what a meritocracy looked like when you had effective, efficient people running government versus today a mediocracy with ineffective, inefficient people that got the jobs based on, on, on nepotism and favoritism and any other ism that you can think of. They got the job. And it wasn't because of expertise, it was because of an ism. They got the job. And quite frankly, their incompetency was on full display as a fire burned. Uh, for ten days versus the fire burning for one day in Chicago in eighteen seventy one. And you look at the acreage, it's about the same. In Chicago, there were like tens of thousands of buildings that burned in Chicago compared to the, the amount of buildings that burned in, in, the, in, in the in the in the other fire here in Hawaii was like two thousand buildings. So yeah, you know, nearly ten times the number of buildings burning in Chicago that burned in Hawaii. Yet what why they couldn't put a fire out, why they couldn't create the firewalls, what what was the problem putting the fire out, and how did the fire start, and where's the media getting these facts, so these people are voting in a Republican primary, and they're all wanting to know, because I don't trust government, I really don't trust them, I think government's incompetency is on full display, it was a full display with COVID, we know that, okay, as as they declared masks were good and necessary to wear masks weren't necessary to wear masks are not necessary. I should say not, not exactly preventing the virus, but you need them on anyway, but pushing people into vaccination nation, knowing that the vaccinations weren't healthy in, in every aspect, uh, forcing people to vaccination nation, uh, without informed consent, but in fact, doing it with uninformed consent. This is the way an incompetent government works. And so, you know, folks, I would submit again the the, 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 uh, the what Chicago looked like before the Great Fire, if you will, in 1871 and the way it looks today. It's just an amazing thing, okay? And I think we have to realize uh, that, you know, Chicago was able to stay afloat with it all. And, you know, yet Hawaii right now, I mean, you look at the way that, that the city burned and those towns burned, it's just an amazing phenomenon. But anyway... This is what people see in government. People are tired of seeing incompetency. The they want competency, so they want America first, and they want a media that's America first. I'm looking forward with anticipation to how Trump will run the media going forward, how he might pull licenses, how he may move the the Department of the you know the the, the Justice Department, if you will, from Washington D.C.'s Beltway to maybe Springfield, Missouri, and and how he'll bust up these you know, these 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 these, uh, these uh, relationships that currently take place in the beltway. Well, folks, thanks for being with us today. We have to leave it there, but thanks for being with us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 11, AWF one for being with us consistently, folks, as you have been for the last five years every Saturday. So thanks for spending your Saturday afternoons, 30 minutes of it with us here on AM Radio 110 WFY. I'll see you next week on The Watchmen, folks. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.